Gotham Investigations. I'm your private investigator, Jeffrey Giordano. In this episode, we are going to lay out to you the case involving Sergeant Jesse Menicall, a decorative, highly a police sergeant who received several sexual assault complaints from different females. We are also going to show you how the state attorney's office and the FBI had tunnel vision going after this police sergeant, granting one of the accusers immunity. Also, did you know that Jesse received three character reference letters, one from a police chief, one from a mayor, and another one from a major with the school board where the FBI and their henchmen went directly to them and had them redact these letters or they were going to be hit with ethical violations. All this and more. I hope you enjoy the episode. In this season, we are going to talk about a decorate of Hialeah Police Sergeant that had sexual assault allegations and charges put against him by several girls that were members of a human trafficking ring and the 24th Avenue gang. We're going to start out with 2015. Jesse, in his police car, observes a vehicle going into a storage unit property at nighttime. It's a warehouse area. There shouldn't be any vehicle traffic. The business is closed. And he observes two individuals, two females in the vehicle, make eye contact with him as they pulled into the storage facility. And they just sat there for a few minutes waiting. Jesse has several commendations. One, which included taking down a human trafficking ring. So being a prudent police officer, Jesse pulls into the property and he stops the vehicle, blocking their car from exiting. When he approaches the car, he notices the driver, which was a juvenile, 17 years old, was very nervous. And in the passenger seat was an adult that appeared in her mid-20s. In the back seat of the vehicle had several piles of clothing. The passenger told the driver, you don't have to say anything, spiking the concerns of Jesse. Jesse asked the driver to step out of the vehicle to question her, at which time the passenger continued with, you don't have to say anything to this police officer. Jesse's suspicion arose seeing a juvenile with an adult in the car, thinking that she may be a runaway as he had dealt with several runaways in the past. The police station was close by, nearly across the street, so he asked the girl, would you feel more comfortable coming in to the police station to talk to me? Jesse had the girl walk to his police car. She was not under arrest. She put her hands behind her back, and Jesse told her, Why are you putting your hands behind your back? You're not under arrest. So the statements that we're giving you are actually statements that were taken from public records requests with the Hialeah Police Department. So what do we do here at Gotham Investigations? We work for defense teams. And in this case, we worked for the defense team for Sergeant Menicall. Jesse walked across the street 
in his well, actually drove across the street in his police car with the girl in it and told the passenger to drive the car and followed him. Jesse took this girl in the back where he questioned her. He questioned her on her whereabouts, who the girl was, and the girl admitted that that was her girlfriend. She said that she was just in the area. Uh, they were going to meet somebody. Her girlfriend at the time had, had a different story, saying that their GPS was lost. After questioning the girl for several minutes, Jesse felt that there was no concern to proceed with any interrogation. He walked outside with the girl, with the girlfriend of the girl, and let the girl go. Several minutes later, when Jesse left the police station, he observed the same vehicle traveling up and down the street as if they were lost. He pulled up next to them and he asked them, where are you going now? The older girl said that their GPS was broken. So Jesse pointed them to the expressway. That was the end of that interview, and that was the end of his confrontation with both of these girls. So what happened after that, two or three days later, the young girl claimed that Jesse Manicall forced her into touching his penis, and he pulled his pants down in the police station. She didn't make these allegations right away, she waited a couple days after. And she also came out and claimed that he wanted to have sex with her. But she told Jesse that she was on her period where Jesse stopped and pulled up his pants again. As we learned later on from several of her interviews with Internal Affairs, she appeared on a back page with her girlfriend on several evocative nude photos of both of them together. Also in the New Times, advertising for sex and prostitution. However, she claimed that she did not like men. And she admitted on some of her interviews that they would rob their victims, their tricks, when they would get into the room and take their money and leave. They even went as far as saying that they had a BB gun in the car in case they had a confrontation with one of the individuals that paid them for what he believes was sex. This case went on the news and went in the state attorney's office for investigation. The state attorney's office investigates criminal activity involving police officers. At the time, and this was learned through internal affairs interviews, the girl, which came out in the media as accuser number one, Molly DaCosta, we could say her name because she openly came out in the media, had an attorney, and she filed a civil suit against the city of Hialeah Police Department. Molly also, on several of her interviews, admitted that she's been Baker-acted herself on two different occasions, that her mother attempted suicide on several occasions, she was even being evicted at the time, as civil records show from the courthouse. In her statements, she says her mom threw her out on several occasions and then would threaten suicide if Molly didn't give her money. And she claimed that this was her open invitation to solicit prostitution and make money 
so she could survive. At the time, she said she was living with her girlfriend, a girlfriend that was in her 20s, which literally would make it having sex with a minor. So the state attorney's office granted immunity to this individual. The only time that you would be given a potential victim immunity to talk about a case would be for her to elevate her story, maybe even throw in a little lies where she wouldn't be prosecuted for her actions if she were to lie about these allegations. But it would also be a chance to bring them to the table if they were involved in other criminal activity, as in this case, she definitely was. So as this case came out on the news, three other girls came forward claiming that they were also sexually abused by Sergeant Menacol. One of the girls claimed on a traffic stop that he took her behind a building, forced her to touch his penis as he ejaculated inside her T-shirt. She then claimed she threw her T-shirt in the canal, which was behind him. Later, police divers went into the canal looking for this shirt that would have sank to the bottom in the vicinity and could not find a shirt to collaborate her story. There was another girl that came forward with such allegations at the same time. This girl mysteriously jumped out of a vehicle and was killed, tragically. Her case was not pursued because she died from her injuries. Another female came forward claiming the same, that Jesse Menacol forced her to have oral sex and also claimed that Jesse wanted to have sex with her but came out saying that she was on her period and he stood back and he did not pursue having sex with her, pulled up his pants again. At which time, another female came forward with the same allegations. This individual showed up at the station one day. She had a fight with her boyfriend. She had several scratches and lacerations on her face from self-mutilation. This individual was learned to have attempted suicide on several occasions, was extremely suffering from mental illness. Jesse walked her in the back of the police department in an office and questioned her. She didn't come forward with these allegations. You're going to learn that it was later the FBI that pursued her and brought her in for questioning close to two and a half years later after this alleged incident occurred. And she told on her interview with Internal Affairs, she told everybody that she spoke to the people, friends of hers in the hood, and she said, I know why I'm being called in for questioning. They're going to ask me if Jesse had sex with me or wanted to suck, wanted me to suck him off. 
This eventually was another victim that would take this case to the end. This was back in 2015. So the state attorney's office investigated all these charges, all these allegations, and they came out with a closeout memo claiming that there was insufficient evidence and they would not be able to bring charges, criminal charges against Jesse Menicall because they would not be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt to a jury that these crimes were committed with the evidence we had on this case. Now, during this time, their investigation, they took the back seat of Sergeant Manicol's vehicle out for DNA testing. They took his personal truck seats out and they put it in for evidence for DNA testing. And they took DNA testing from each and every one of these accusers. None of their DNA matched any of the DNA from the back of Jesse's police vehicle. This is after the first allegation from the first accuser that he drove across the street to the police station for questioning. Other factors that were involved besides the first individual that he stopped, all of these accusers, the four previous ones that we mentioned, including the one that jumped out of the vehicle, they were all members of the 24th Avenue gang. And they were all friends at the time. Jesse Menicall was known for a tough and rough police officer in the area. You're talking about an area that is filled with crime and criminal activity. In three-month time span, they had over 70 car break-ins, over 20-some residents that were broken into, 60-some thefts, and seven armed robberies that occurred. Not to mention human trafficking, prostitution with young juveniles. Jesse was cutting in to their bottom line. A matter of fact, one of the snitches that, that were used in this case, we're going to call him confidential informant is the correct name with the police department. On a the street, they would be called snitches. When Jesse took down a human trafficking ring prior to all these allegations, he came forward with information that led to these arrests. He would also be the pimp and individual, one of the pimps that brought two of these girls from the 24th Avenue gang forward to the police station after they observed Jesse on the news from the first accuser, making these allegations against him. Very tragic, decorative police officer being accused of these allegations. So in 2015, when his closeout memo came, Jesse was relieved of duty. Once the memo was forwarded to the police department, it was referred back to the police department for administrative purposes only. During this time, Jesse went back to work. He received several other commendations. He also was promoted during that time. Jesse Menicall 
was not a threat to society. Clearly, he was not. As he came back on the street for four years after these initial allegations, working, protecting the community, no complaints of these allegations, sexual assault, abuse, ever resurface itself. Everyone knows today what's going on with the defund the police movement that started with Floyd. This was conjured up way before that. George Soros supporting district attorneys, letting criminals out on the street, attacking police officers. This movement was thought of way before that. In 2019, the FBI, with no DNA, no additional witnesses, went and arrested Jesse Manicall on the same charges after the case was dropped by the state attorney's office and internal affairs. They arrested Jesse Menicall on the same charges with no additional evidence. It's not a coincidence that the judge that was assigned to his case, Kathleen Williams, is a far-left Democrat. She was appointed by President Obama back in 2012. In 2014, I believe it was, there was an individual who abducted a 12-year-old child. This individual was 31 years old. He abducted this child out of Margate and got as far as the panhandle in the state of Florida where he was stopped by an alert deputy who saw the description of his vehicle. This individual admitted that he lured this young girl in from social media, and he was driving to Texas, San Antonio, Texas, where he was to keep this girl in a closet at his mother's house, and he was only going to let her out at nighttime. The mother of this juvenile says she is traumatized for the rest of her life. This judge, Kathleen Williams, imposed the most minimal sentence as the guidelines allowed on this individual, which was 10 years. She couldn't give any lower because that was the minimal sentencing guidelines. But yet, she ends up with a case of an accused police officer in federal court. You're going to find a lot of intriguing things that occurred during this case investigation. A lot of statements that were overlooked. A lot of human trafficking rings involving juveniles that were overlooked because the feds and the state attorney's office also at the time had tunnel vision. Tunnel vision of going after Jesse Menicall with only one outcome. Finding him guilty and taking this case to trial. I want to reiterate, Jesse Menicall is a family man. He has children. He has a beautiful wife. So we begin the journey of preparing 
four-week-four trial, taking you through many witnesses on the case, many former prostitutes that want to relieve their souls and give you their personal journeys, as well as gang members. The state attorney's office and the feds didn't just let these victims come forward. They went after every girl that Jesse ever talked to, even in the police academy where he trained, trying to get them to come forward with allegations against him. That's how bad they wanted to go after a decorative police sergeant. I hope you enjoy this season as it's going to have a lot of twists and turns to it. And it's going to take you through a lot of personal journeys. And you're going to be able to decide at the end, is Jesse Menacall a sexual predator or is he just a victim of the federal government and a defund the police movement? I hope you enjoyed this episode. That's an introduction into the charges of the case. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you on our journey throughout the case. Are you a fan of our show? Do you like our show? Then comment, hit the like button, and subscribe. Or you might be the next one we investigate.